This is the culture. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Culture Wave Media Network. If you haven't already, please be sure to check us out on social media at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram, as well as at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram and TikTok. Right now, we're actually running uh, our combined list of top 50 films from the 21st century, and that's a lot of fun. So please check that out. Also, please subscribe to our channel, hit that like button, and be sure to comment and share with friends. I am your host, Darian Scalamoni, and I am joined once again by Liz Seiko. Liz, what's going on? You know, just another another great day. Glad Love to it. be here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, we're going to switch things up a little bit in this episode. Something we've been wanting to experiment with. We want to talk, touch on a bunch of different news topics in film and television, um, as well as some trailers that dropped over the last few days. So we're going to start with uh, the biggest news story that I feel like is out there right now. It's the short list. Uh, for the casting for Superman Legacy. So this film is going to be written and directed by James Gunn, recently took over uh, the DCU. Um, and these are the three names for uh, Clark Kent, as well as Lois Lane. So we have Nicholas Holt, um, who's best known probably for uh, The Great on Hulu. He also played Beast in the X-Men films. We have David Cornsweet, um, who uh, was recently in uh, the horror film Pearl, as well as Tom Brittany, who I'm not super familiar with. Um, I know he was on Outlander, but let's just start with Superman in general. Liz, who do you, based on just like name recognition or even like maybe just the look of Superman, like who would be your pick at this juncture? Um, So I'll agree all three of them. I'm not like super familiar with. They're definitely new names, which I do appreciate going into this. I feel like having kind of a not super well-known actor might do them really well in this um, for this. But I think my pick is going to be David Corn Sweat, just because okay, right now I have all three of their IMDb's up, and just like clicking between the three, I don't know, I don't know, I think he's got it. I just from the looks of it, I was gonna say based on looks, I definitely feel like he has the edge. Like mm -hmm. he just kind of reminds me of like that, like Middle America, like farm boy that Clark Kent really is. True. Um, I really appreciated him, in Pearl. He had a smaller part. Um, it was a supporting role. But um, again, I, I agree with you. I kind of like being able to pull from an unknown. Yeah. Like I wasn't super familiar with Henry Cavill before he mm -hmm. got uh, the role of Superman and Man of Steel and Justice League and things like that. And um, I really love his his job as Superman, but obviously they're going in a different direction. Nicholas Holt is a name that, again, like he has the most name recognition. I know he's I a very agree. talented actor, but the thing that he doesn't look to me like superman at all like when i think of superman i don't picture him at all but do you think they're kind of going with that like not typical look of superman kind of like how they did for batman with rob pattinson because i feel like i would not have cast rob as like batman at first look yeah i think it i think it, it'll depend on the tone of the film right mm -hmm. so again like Pattinson's Batman is very like Fincher. Did you see the Batman? Oh yeah. I loved it. Okay. Me too. But so it's very Fincher-esque, right? It's very mm -hmm. like investigative. He's more of a detective and he doesn't really take off the cowl much of the film at all. Right. So you yeah. don't even really see Pattinson a lot in the film other than what the eyes are. Right. Brooding. Um, Superman. There's nothing like that. Right. Like it's very in your face. Like there's no mask for Superman. True. He's got the like iconic red cape and things like that. But it's very much about the person in the suit, right? Mm -hmm. So I think Nicholas Holt, based on like I, I, I think he's a really good actor. I loved him in Mad Max Fury Road, um, and that's like a that's like a off the walls crazy kind of uh, performance. But again, doesn't really reminisce too much of Superman to me. So I'm I'm just looking at his like his filmography in terms of like what where would I even be able to pull any sort of um reference to superman with nicholas holt i think one of the characters that i've been seeing online that people think he would be good as is lex luther like again like kind of playing this under the radar villain that's like more intelligent dresses in a mm -hmm. suit like i picture him more for that because i think he's really good at playing clever okay um but in some of these other films he plays again like innocent or like kind of like barren and lonely so i don't know how much that would play into something like Superman. Yeah. Um, going into the other guy, uh, Tom Brittany, I believe is his name. Let me just double check. Yeah, Tom Brittany. So he's like this brooding, big British dude. And he reminds me a lot of, um, do you know Alan Richson? Yes. Yeah, so he <laughs> yeah, reminds yeah. me a lot of that kind of look, which again, like it's a certain sort of thing that you could go for, right? It's kind of similar to like when they cast Ben Affleck as Batman. 
he was an older grizzled sort mm-hmm. of bruce wayne but he got like huge for the role yeah and he like embodied like superhuman like he looked superhuman i think maybe that's what they're going for with that but i'm very curious because james gunn again is a huge comic book fan yeah so like what do you think the tone though of that he's gonna take because i feel like james gunn obviously like guardians of the galaxies very like kind of comedic mm-hmm. has good moments very upbeat almost but do you think he's gonna take a turn with superman because i personally would like to see like a dark take on superman see i so i don't think it'll be a dark take like i don't no. think it'll be like the batman i want it though. i know i think again <laughs> i think that's like where you you sort of bring in like i don't know man of steel man of steel to me is like as dark as superman can get did you see man of steel no i haven't okay so man of steel again like uh superman's whole thing is that he's not supposed to kill and spoiler alert for yeah. people who haven't seen the movie that's 10 years old wow um he kills zod at the way end of the to movie. spoil it he snaps his neck so like that was something that a lot of superman fans came out and they were like no like that's not our really superman. yeah but like i appreciated that it was different right but i'm not an avid comic reader i just happen to read some comics I and guess. i like the stories but james gunn did say that this has to be a story that is very um joy filled and he has a very personal i don't know if you saw any of his tweets about this when he signed on to direct but he has a very personal relationship with superman because it was the first comic he read with his father his father passed away he had a very good relationship with him so um i had talked to other people that are more like avid comic fans like my old film teacher okay what are the what are their so he was really worried about james gunn taking over because i think the element of how different guardians is in comparison to who superman embodies as a character like the symbol on his chest literally means hope in their language. So you have to have this actor that can embody again, like humanity relies on this person. It's again, it's different. It's a different tone than Batman, right? Like it it entirely is, which is why I think they're such great perpendiculars in their universe. But I don't know. I I'm, I'm curious to see what the take is going to be. Again, we're down to three. I think like this is the short list. They're all doing on screen tests. Yeah. So when you move on to that, it's i don't know part of me doesn't want to see another like typical superman movie like i want to see a different take on it whether that is like a little bit more comedic or a little bit just a different take i feel like sometimes it can be very cookie cutter so uh, if i and again i I know you're not a huge comic book movie person i'm not but that's okay Uh. i'm curious (laughs) on in terms of the character like let's just focus on the character right okay yeah yeah. what would you want to see out of the character of superman that you might not have seen before i don't know how many superman movies you've even seen. honestly i don't even know how many i've seen it could have been it could be one and it may have been when i was like 10 years old so i'm more going based off like my memory as like a child of watching like oh it's superman um, I don't know. I feel like I want to see, uh, maybe like, maybe like a younger Superman, like trying to figure it out, making like mistakes, almost kind of like Spider-Man-ish, okay. like kind of not fully. So more of an origin story. Yes. A little bit that more. It's just not a section of a movie. It's actually. Yeah. Cause I feel like Superman, all you years. think of is like a very grounded, like stocky man who like can't really doesn't mess up and always does the right thing. And it's like, okay, but if he isn't supposed to be like a actual person and not a superhero necessarily, Mm -hmm. like show me be human. Let me see when he actually makes a mistake. Um, And then why he's like, Oh, I don't want to make that mistake again. I want to be better and like actually be a good hero. Not like, I want to see him teetering between being a villain and a hero, because I feel like that's what makes heroes. Okay. So much more interesting is when you see that they could easily go the wrong way, but they like actively check themselves and force themselves to be better rather than just being like, naturally, I'm a great person. Yeah. Like, who cares about that? Yeah. Nobody is. <laughs> I actually think you'd be pretty interested in Man of Steel. I, rec- I Do you? Yeah, I think there's elements of it where it, te- I mean, again, I don't think it dives into what you're talking about okay. nearly as much as you would maybe want to see, mm-hmm. but it definitely plays around with the idea of like, is he doing the right thing? Is this the wrong thing? And him playing with that. And yeah, I think the relationship with Lois, which is a perfect transition, uh, mm-hmm. is super important to that, right? Like Lois is, is um, besides his family, the only real human that he has legit interactions with yes. um, being part alien. So uh, the three actresses on the short list for uh, Lois Lane, we have Rachel Brosnahan, who's best known for uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which mm-hmm. won a bunch of Emmys, just wrapped up on Amazon Prime. Phoebe Dinever, which uh, she was the lead in Bridgerton. I don't yep. think she's been in anything since then, but she's got a lot of stuff in the can. 
Um, and then also Emma Mackey, uh, who is um, the female lead in Sex Education. Yes. She's going to be in Barbie. Uh, she was just in another film, I think, recently, too. I think so, too. A period too. film. Um, I can't uh, think off the top of my head. But um, I'll give my pick first on Lois just because uh, I think we both agreed, just to wrap up everybody, we both picked Corn Sweat, I think, as of now. I did, and that's who I picked. Yeah, and that would be my pick as of right now. Um, for Lois, I'm actually going to I'm gonna go towards Brosnahan because I think that – I think she – first of all, I think – I haven't seen Denver's work, so I can't speak on that directly. Wait, you've never seen Bridgerton? No, I haven't watched Bridgerton. <gasps> I know. I'm like a part of the small minority. I'm watching like it. the newest, like the the Queen Charlotte. Yes, yes. I'm okay. watching it right now. Do you now. like it? I, it's my. It, it's a good good show. It's my guilty pleasure. Okay. I love it. Okay. I have uh, my one friend's mom who like doesn't watch anything. Is mm-hmm. like obsessed with Bridgerton. I feel so it's like, like a phenomenon. I do realize that. I don't want to. I mean, I'm going to say it. I feel like middle aged women love Bridgerton. <laughs> They're like, this is it. This is what I want. <laughs> Um, I like it. I think it's super entertaining. But well, Shonda Rhimes shows too. I mean, like yeah. anything she does. So, anyways, like, keep going. Yeah, so <laughs> Go no, it's good. So, um, I haven't seen her work in particular. To me, it's just she looks too young to to okay. to pl- play off of. Again, it depends on really what age they're going for. Going for with Superman, like if if they're playing somebody where he's going to be twenty two, then I think she could pass as like a twenty two to twenty four year old. Anything older than that, she looks too young to mm-hmm. me. Um. Brosnahan, I think, looks young enough, but she's also a very mature actress. Yeah. And uh, Lois Lane, again, is like this top reporter at uh, where they, the news station they work at, um, Daily Planet. So Brosnahan, to me, just, I think she has such a good rhythm through her acting, too. Like, I, I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I don't know if you've watched any of it. I've um, seen, a, like, a few episodes, maybe, of the first season. Okay. I'm behind. I'm but definitely behind. I'm, I'm on season three. But um, she's great in it. And she has this really interesting rhythm to the way she acts, where I feel like she's also really, really good at playing off of somebody. Mm. So being able to take um, an actress of her caliber and putting her in a comic book movie to play off of, again, maybe someone like Corn Sweat, who doesn't have as much experience, True. I think it could actually work out. And again, I think in terms of age-wise, they would work together. Um, Mackie's not a bad choice. I just... I actually... I love her in Sex Education. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've seen enough to really yeah i mean See, amy, amy did... adams played lois lane last yeah and she brought a lot of nuance to that character which i don't think anyone else ever had so no. so that's why i would pick emma mackie because i feel like she's gonna take a slightly different take than amy adams did i think she's gonna be Okay, so how I was saying, like, I kind of want to see them do a little bit more of, like, an origin story. I feel like Emma's a little bit on the younger end, too. So they can show her, like, coming into her own as a reporter. Like That's a fair point. So I kind of really like that pairing if they do something like that. I also think um, she's just, I, I just really enjoy her acting. I think she's very quick, very, has good tender moments, but then can switch it and be very... Uh, witty and on the mark with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like her, so I, I would choose her. Okay, she's probably my second choice. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't. Yeah. Be, I wouldn't be upset with any of the choices. By the way, I just want to kind of see how it all plays out. I think so much of it is dependent on the filmmaker, right? So I'm a big fan of James Gunn and his work. So I'm curious to see what see he's what happens. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on from Superman now, and we're gonna move on to the newest trailer that just came out today called poor things and that i'm just pulling out my notes hold on really quickly um so poor things obviously dropped their trailer today it is the newest film from yorgos lanthimos who i am a huge fan of um mm-hmm. i don't know if you are i love the favorite okay Have you, is the that favorite. the only film of his no that i've seen really the lobster seen? and i i don't like the lobster this is where yes i know we're, we're gonna differ because the lobster is one of my favorite films i know it was it, on your list it's let me go back let me <laughs> let me rain let me rein myself in slightly because i okay so poor things trailer came out um it's starring emma stone william defoe uh margaret quayley i didn't know that she's in yes, it actually ensemble. wow yeah. okay christopher abbott is yes also in it. mark ruffalo um and the film is taking on a fantastical evolution of like a female Frankenstein, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Um, very in a slightly like modern dystopian kind of take. It looks like um, the photography looks incredible. The honestly, I was 
I, I, I just watched the trailer actually literally 10 minutes ago. And in the first second I was paused it and I said, sold, done, finished. It's everything for me. So I'm excited to see it. What were your thoughts on the trailer? Um, so again, uh, I'm not a big fan of the lobster, but I appreciate, I appreciate a filmmaker going for such an original idea. So I yeah. don't like completely hate the film. Uh, just really wasn't for me, but I love the act. I mean, again, I love Colin Farrell, I love Rachel Weisz. Uh, the favorite for me was one of my, uh, no pun intended favorite films of 2018. Um, but it really was like, I, and it gets me excited. First thing that he's reuniting with Emma Stone. Cause she was, she was so incredible damn good in that it. film. Yeah. Um, but Willem Dafoe looks like so grotesque. Wild. And like almost if you're not really paying attention and you're just kind of watching the trailer randomly, I feel like you wouldn't pick up that it's him. No, for sure. not. Yeah. Um, it's definitely just you can base it all like off his voice. Mm -hmm. uh, Ruffalo, I think, is an interesting choice to be working with him. Uh, this is a little different than what I feel like he's accustomed to doing, mm -hmm. so I'm interested uh, for sure. If he can like, yeah, I, I don't know how weird he can be, right? Like uh, my favorite performance. I don't know if you've ever seen this film. Really quiet, tiny movie that if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely see. It. It's called Infinitely Polar Bear. Have you ever seen this? Film? No, I've never even heard of he it. He plays actually. a guy with bipolar disorder, and he's married to uh, Zoe Saldana, and it's like oh. one of like my one of the most underrated films I've ever seen, but that was a little like different for him. And I really appreciated that he went for a different take on something. Right. And I appreciate him as an actor, this being like a dystopian sort of like, it's not sci-fi, no. but it's something where like, it's kind of like fairy tale. Yeah. And it's off kilter. Like yeah. it's not, it's, it's supposed to make the viewer feel like something is off. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure based on the trailer, he's supposed to be like the stability to Emma Stone's like yes. Frankenstein esque female character. Um, trying to level her out and make her realize what the real world is like. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I feel like Yorgos does this a lot where he will have one character be a little bit more off kilter and then have one be a little bit more, um, like grounded just to kind of almost show how off the other character is or like how not in the world, how, how they're not present kind of. So, that's a fair point. Because I feel like if you just have all the characters being on the same level and all of them are just kind of tilted in a way, it doesn't show the comparison. Yeah, between it worlds. comes off very like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and I then it's like, like, oh, is this just the world? But it's supposed to show like, no, she's a female Frankenstein-esque person um, that clearly doesn't fit in, but is trying to fit in. And yeah. in order to show that contrast, they need to have one person that's like, a little bit more human mm -hmm. kind of. And I feel like Mark Ruffalo is like perfect for that. That's a fair point. That's mm -hmm. a fair point. Um, Gerard Carmichael is also in this film. Yes. Uh, have you seen um, his stand-up special from either last year or the year before that with Daniel? Uh, so good. HBO special. I, I want to say no, because okay. I feel like I would remember it if so I saw it. So it's interesting. So again, a lot of his stand-up is again, like more typical stand-up, but this is very like revealing and he, he, uh, I don't want to tell you guys what the reveal is. Please go watch it. But it gives a lot of like, again, this tenderness to his character. And mm -hmm. I think shows that like, because of the human that he is, he can do a lot more things in terms of dramatic acting. So I'm very interested to see like this kind of collaboration with him and Yorgos Lanthimos. And in the trailer, there's only a cutaway of him and he's wearing like this purple pop hat and he's sitting yeah. in a chair with like these like spectator glasses. So I'm interested to see what he does in this. Uh, Lanthimos is a director though that like, after you see one of his films, you're just clamoring to see another one. I love it. And it's it. been so long now, like five years. Since he has been hooked. So, Anything he does. He could literally do like a Super Bowl commercial and I'd be just like, show it to me. Oh my God. Imagine like a- Could you imagine? Imagine like uh, a commercial for Doritos and it's like shot with a cinematography. Of Honestly? His, his cinematography style is also so- so different, but yeah. so his own, which I really appreciate because not a lot of people are doing that nowadays. Yeah, but also like each film is different in its own way because like even the shots that we just saw in the trailer for Poor Things, I feel like he is using different techniques than what was in The Favorite and The Lobster, slightly. Yeah. Um, also, like it, it, it looked, if I remember it right, the first half of the trailer is in black and white and then all of a sudden it's in color. I think you're right. I want to. I want to know why. Part of me, part of me thinks that the whole thing is in black and white, but I might just be misremembering it. No, they okay. definitely have color. Okay, you're I would because right. I'm looking. I, I let me pull it up. There's no color. No, th there, there is. is color? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is color. Thank you for doing I want to know Zach. why. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you, Zach. Always and forever. Um, but I didn't know this actually. Did you know that Poor Things is originally a book? 
Oh yes, I, I did not know yes. that. It's a it's a nineteen ninety two novel, I believe. A Scottish public. He- oh, never mind. Actually, ignore me. <laughs> never mind. Okay. Never, never mind. Um, but we're both very excited to see this. This comes out September eighth. Uh, definitely one that we'll see and we'll probably review. Yeah, I think it's going to get a lot of hype. Yeah, just I from think so. my first instinct. We can see a lot of awards fair for mm-hmm. uh, Lanthimos again with that one. But there's another uh, thing that dropped actually earlier today that I'm super intrigued by. Um, and it's this uh, television series that Jason Bateman is doing. Um, now, Bateman uh, is reuniting with Netflix. Uh, he also was the creator and uh, directed multiple episodes of Ozark, which was one of the most successful originals that Netflix had done. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so now he's doing this um, miniseries that uh, is based on an Esquire article called Daddy Ball. Now, they, they're going to find a new title for the film I'm reading on de- uh, Deadline. But um, it's going to be an eight-episode limited series. It's based on a 2021 article. And it's basically this story of these two uh, older gentlemen who are coaches of their son's youth baseball teams. And it takes like a really dark turn in terms of just like it's similar to the vibe that I don't know if you've watched the show yet, Liz, but uh, it's similar to how kind of uh, Beef was this year. Did you watch? I haven't watched it yet. Beef is great. I know a good amount about it. um, I'm just going to read the uh, headline of what it says on deadline, just the log line. But um. Bobby Sanfilippo has found himself doing quite the opposite with his son in terms of trying to uh, not follow in his father's footsteps. He becomes entangled in an epic travel baseball dad-on-dad rivalry with a man named John Reardon that loved the tabloids, calling him a Suffolk County Steinbrenner, uh, seriously sick and one of the worst dads in youth sports history. Um, And it starts in the world of Little League Baseball and then again expands into this kind of war between the two uh, former criminal fathers. Mm -hmm. So this is super intriguing to me, especially because also – uh, Bateman is attached to Sar in this, so he's going to be playing one of the fathers. Yes. So, <clears throat> did, first of all, did you watch Ozark? Only the first season. Oh my goodness, it's so good. I'm horrible. No, you're not horrible. <laughs> you should watch it, though, but you kind of see this evolution of Bateman's character, especially towards the later seasons, where he becomes more of this kingpin in his own way. Okay. Um, And he turns on this anger just in a few scenes, but it's enough to be like, man, I didn't know he was capable of mm-hmm. something like that. Um. So I'm really interested to see him kind of take on this darker thing. I didn't, he was in another HBO series that I didn't have a chance to watch called The Outsider. No, I didn't um, watch it. Where that was like a crime sort of uh, thriller-esque thing. So I, I got to watch that and maybe get a sense. But what are your overall thoughts just hearing off the bat the logline and stuff for uh, this Netflix series? Um, I like it a lot. I think it's a super uh, interesting storyline already. Um, I also think I haven't seen anything really about this topic ever of like youth sports and like the rivalries besides dance moms. That's the only thing I've ever seen that's been like put out into the public of how aggressive these parents get. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's interesting that they're doing um, like a take on it, but from like men and how they almost care so much about like their children's sports and that they get more involved in it. And then adding in the like mob connections and like corrupt cops. Very interesting. I think it's going to do well as long as they they stick to the story. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I'm interested in how um <clears throat> they go into this process where again, like it starts with this thing where they're just in little league baseball world, but it obviously becomes this much more personal story of one ver- like adversaries like yes. going at each other. So one I'm very curious on who they cast opposite Bateman. Mm. Uh, I I'm trying to think off the top of my head somebody that would be interesting uh has to fit that age range. I mean in terms of like range it's kind of hard like again bateman's not somebody that i would peg for a show like this right away either Mm -hmm. um so but maybe it works because i feel like um i think i think this will be really good if it's not like episode one they're very aggressive men like i feel like it's gonna be something that maybe grows the aggression throughout the series and then it gets worse and worse and worse which i think he's perfectly cast for that because he is great at starting off very level-headed and then as things build up more and more and more like he gets more frantic, mm-hmm. more aggressive, more out of control and yeah. I feel like if they can do that it'll be perfect for him. Yeah, he plays weak a lot. Yeah. which is interesting. So uh just I, I just had a little bit more time with somebody that is like more uh physically opposing i feel like would be interesting mm. so like one name off the top of my head that just popped up was lee pace 
You know Lee Pace? Uh, I know the name. Hold on, I need to. He's in the first Guardians. He plays Ronan, but he's this big dude, right? And he's really good actor. Oh, Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's somebody that off the top of my head, just someone that like again would be physically imposing and and different from what they're going with with Bateman. Interesting. Um, I'm thinking of uh like (laughs) this scene in uh I don't know why I went to this. There's a scene in Funny People. You ever see that movie? Yes. So Funny People when um they go to uh uh Leslie Mann's house and she's married to Eric Bana, right? And he's this like. He's like this big Aussie who's like, hey, yes, man, and he's, he's intimidating. Yes, yes, so yes. I don't know. And Eric Bann is another one that I think would be an interesting choice opposite him. Honestly, I think he'd be, I think he could work. Yeah. So I think those, those are the two people off the top of my head that I would like to see opposite. Because uh, again, you also can't go too starry, I feel like. Well, that's what I was like going to say. I don't think that you want two stars because then it can be very much like, oh, that's Jason Bateman. And like. Yeah. You want to be invested Chris more Pine. in the story. <laughs> you know what's so funny? That was the person I was thinking of originally. Was it? And then I was like, nah, he's too, too much no, of a star. No, I don't think they could. Otherwise, it'll... I, I don't know. I don't think the story would fit. Yeah. I yeah. don't think so either. No. Um. Okay, so then we're going to be switching it up now. Another film that just started to get announced was Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly directing bambi the new animated disney film um i don't know too much about bambi right now like i don't know much of the back history is she the first person that's attached to this um do you know anything yeah so so um so first of all sarah polly uh she won uh best adapted screenplay oscar for women talking well yeah Mm -hmm. uh which i know you you actually saw it so you can talk to that um but in terms of just bambi so it's in very early development um and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a musical it's actually gonna feature music from casey musgraves Mm, i'm just finding out as i'm reading the article um and uh two of the writers from the amazon show uh, transparent wrote the most recent draft of the script so um disney originally looked in 2020 to try to do something for a live action bambi and again they're going in this direction where they're just making live action remakes of everything that's what they want to do they want to stick to what they know and it sucks because some of them i actually think are good but i feel like if they did it in a much slower increments and less like they've done like they're just they're just churning them out very quickly and then people are like like wait let us let us enjoy it while it's out and yeah. i feel like they're just shoving them on us a little bit but yeah but in terms of polly like because you've seen women talking do you think she's a an interesting choice i mean very very different subjects but- i'm surprised i'll be honest i'm i'm very surprised by this just because um i did not like women talking i i don't think it was the directing though i thought that she actually did um like a, a decent job with the directing. I just think the source material, it's originally a novel and I don't think it was made for screens. I don't think it was made for film. I thought it would have been a great um, script for the stage, like Broadway. I think it would have been beautifully done if it had been a stage play. But film, I don't know, because for me, film is a medium that is all about visual and the film it really is about um a group of women who are trying to make a decision of whether to leave or stay or do they fight and it really is just them in a room talking which it it just started to lag in my opinion but again i don't think it was her fault i think it was the source material just is not meant for film so I'm interested to see how she does with animated direction. Because well, this is going to be a, the live action. Oh, live action. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Which, I don't know. I just think going Which we're from, still getting CGI, obviously. Because, obviously. Yeah. Unless somebody's pretending to be... I don't fucking... I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know what they're going to do. But, um... <laughs> just put Jack imagine? Black in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly... I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> Jack Black is Bambi. We need it trending on Twitter now. Oh my God. Hashtag Jack Black Hashtag, for Bambi. Please, please. I need it. I mean, after him as Bowser, I'd see him as anything. Oh, that's a good um, But I don't know. I really don't know how she's going to do because I feel like it's a big jump going from kind of a small film that Women Talking was to all of a sudden a huge like million dollar budget for mm-hmm. Disney. 
I think that's usually what's been happening at least recently, though. I like, know, uh, but like, I do appreciate a female director getting a chance with a film like this. I do too. Um, because looking at the, there's been a great list of directors that they've gotten for these live action adaptations. Uh, I think the only other female that's directed one that was Nikki Caro, who did Mulan, yes. which I actually haven't seen. Oh, I um, loved Mulan. Did you? I, heard, I, 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 heard I thought it was, it was great. I heard it was really good. But again, like, and <clears throat> great names attached, and Sarah Polly's a very accomplished filmmaker, obviously, with the Academy Award and everything. But John Favreau, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Guy Ritchie, Tim Burton, Robert Zemeckis. So they're bringing in big names yes, to do they these are. sort of films. Um, for this being her first film of this nature, it's interesting. However, my counterpoint would be Greta Gerwig is doing Barbie. Mm-hmm. And that's something where, I mean, that's script for a long time. Yeah. It kind of got juggled a lot. Um, and they were going in a different direction with that film for a long time with uh, Amy Poehler was originally yes. supposed to play Barbie. So uh, I think I'm I'm curious. Uh, I don't know how much material there is in Bambi, but that might actually be a benefit mm-hmm. to the writing because they can kind of build a lot. I think um, so off th- of the story. So I'm interested to see what they do. I want her to I want her to make me weep in the first ten minutes. If she can do that, sold. Well, it's a very Done. powerful uh, opening scene in the film. Yeah, I mean, so that's something I'm curious about. If they're going to do live action. Are they going to go like heavy with it or are they going to go on the lighter side so that they can appeal to a younger audience? That's a fair point. Like, like are they off screen? Yeah, yeah. Like are they, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. A part of me wants, cause I grew, like we grew up on these movies. Part like part of me wants to, to just like be ruined and wrecked, but they're not gonna. No, I, I, I want, I want them to go dark with Bambi. I, I find it hard to believe that if Disney would go dark with a live action adaptation, it would be Bambi. I just hope that the animals are better than the animation in, or the CGI in The Little Mermaid. Have you seen it? No, but I've I, seen I the know, trailer it look, for it. And I'm actually seeing it this week, so I can report back. Like, I mean, they did such a great job with the, with the animals in, in Jungle Book and Lion King. Well, but. I know. I just felt like the CGI in Little Mermaid, like... Like Sebastian looks scary in certain yeah. moments. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love it for that. <laughs> I film. don't love it. So I, really I hope they put the time in and make Bambi look cute. Yeah, and then his <laughs> mother on screen. <laughs> um, okay, not on screen. Not on Just screen. make me cry. Okay, okay, make fair. me cry. That's a fair point. Um, moving on to something where uh, there's definitely a chance that we see people uh, get uh, shot on screen. Um, Mark Ruffalo is going to star in <laughs> what, a, what a transition. What a transition. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is starring in uh, an HBO series uh, once again. He um, starred in uh, this this series. I want to get the name right because I've heard great things about it. I haven't watched it yet, but I think I'm actually going to start it very soon. Um, where he plays twins. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, actually. Producer Zach knows what I'm talking about. He's shaking his head. Um, Producer Zach. I just want, what oh, I know this much is true. So he played twins in that. That was the last project he did with HBO. Now he's reuniting with the premium network. He's doing mm-hmm. a show with the creator of Mayor of Easttown, Brad Inglesby, who's going to write. And Jeremiah Zager, uh, who directed Hustle for Netflix last year. Yes. He's going to direct. And uh, it's an untitled drama as of right now, but it's going to follow a task force of law enforcement officers and the criminals that they apprehend. Now, HBO has a lot of shows like this, like We Own the City, The Wire. Um, they love it. I mean, Mayor of Easttown is, is a police drama. So... In terms of this team in general, though, like what gets you excited? I I love all the talent attached, but I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I think it's a very strong uh, group, but also people that aren't super in your face already that you like people not like us that like study this stuff would know, I think. Um, Let me see. Ruffalo, obviously. Well, actually, everybody knows Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, I feel like you don't know Mark if, Ruffalo at this point. You shouldn't be watching the podcast. But um, how do you pronounce Zager? Zager? Zager. Zager. I'm excited about because I I actually feel like a lot of people know uh, Hustle. Um, and so people will actually go and watch this because of his connection to it. Because I don't know about you, but I thought Hustle was fantastic. Yeah, I thought Hustle was a super underrated project last year, honestly. Um, in terms of just being able to... I, every time Sandler is in a dramatic role, even somewhat dramatic, like Hustle's kind of... It's more comedic, but there's definitely some tender moments where mm-hmm. you see him have a real relationship with a character. Yeah. Um, and being able to direct uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, like a professional basketball player, and pull a really good performance well, out of him. That's what I mean, yeah. It's really interesting. So being able to see his talented directing skills, along with Ruffalo, I'm really interested in. Inglesby, um, 
with how many accolades that Mayor of Easttown got. I mean, it won a bunch of Emmys. Um, the network seems really excited for another project with him. Um, I just read too that so this the scripts were all written and Ruffalo signed on prior to the writer strike. Oh, so okay. this is something that's an active development, but again, I don't know. It's probably on hold. It's yeah, definitely it's probably on hold, on hold right, right, now. right now. But I um I love the team involved. Uh, Inglesby is a writer that, like, again, I really loved Mayor of Easttown. Uh, I believed in all the hype, and I, I really appreciated that show for what it was. Um, so being able to bring on Zager to kind of steer Ruffalo in a direction, too, uh, gets me really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I do love Ruffalo as an actor. I really do. I mean, I, I like him a lot. I love Spotlight. Like I said, Infinitely Polar Bear is one that um, that I think everyone should see if they haven't seen it. Uh I'm actually not a huge fan of the kids are all right, but I think he's really good in it. Really, I love yeah. that movie. I think it's I think it's good. I just I think it's a little overhyped. Really, yeah, I feel like nobody knows about it. I feel like it's a super. I might have like, seen it too almost, late. I saw oh, it maybe. very recently. I don't know. I love his films because I feel like he always is just he he doesn't feel like he's acting ever. He's very human, very and very authentic. Which honestly. On the other side, some people don't like that. Some people think that he doesn't put enough effort almost into his characters. I've heard that before, but I love it. I really like his um, just natural behavior. He doesn't push. He kind of is just like, I'm going to be in the moment in the story and see where this takes me. Um, And I like that because sometimes I'm like, oh, God, you're pushing way too much. Like, rein it in. Be a little bit subtler. And just like sit with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he is perfect on that. So I'd be interested to see him also with like a crime. Because um, I feel like crime is a lot of just like sit, waiting and like watching and listening. Yeah, I don't know if he's dabbled in the crime. I don't think he much. has, I'm right? taking a look. I mean, Shutter Island was the last time we saw him do that. Uh, about Wait, why am I ago. like not remembering? He's the other detective it- with Leo. Yeah. No. Yes, he is. No. I think it's time you uh, rewatch that film. What? Yeah. Why am I like? Well, I mean, look at this. What? Oh, and Zo- he's in Zodiac too. How did I forget Zodiac? He's in Zodiac too. But I mean, just some of these films from the last fifteen years: Zodiac, Reservation Road, Where the Wild Things Are, Kids Are All Right, Shutter Island, uh, and then he comes on to play the Hulk in the Avengers films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Begin Again, which I think is another super underrated film. Foxcatcher, so great. Um, Spotlight. Uh, I mean, all these different 13 things. going on 30. Of, well, I mean, if you come want to take on, it all the way back. Come on. I mean, that's a fantastic <laughs> film. Uh, no, I actually think that movie's really good. No, I love that movie. Um, I think I said Foxcatcher. You did. Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, Foxcatcher's great. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Have you seen it? <gasps> it's great. Yeah? I loved it. Oh, I have to see that. So I didn't see that one. But I'm excited for this. I think it'll be a really I'm excited project. for it, too. I think it'll be good for HBO, too. Just to not, like, keep their crime drama going. For sure. Um, so there is actually a lot coming out though this week, big week, big week, huge week, buckle up. We've got, I'm going to go through them really quickly in case you don't know, but we've got the flash Mm -hmm. elemental asteroid city extraction two, and black mirror, which I'm very excited about. I know you're very excited about I'm behind on black mirror because I didn't watch last season. But you don't need to watch any. No, like, they're all anthology on their own. Yeah, you can just watch episodes. I mean, like there, there are a few that I would definitely recommend, and some I would just be like, don't, don't. Do yeah. It. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Black Mirror. Uh, did you see what Charlie Brooker recently said about uh the creator of the show about uh he messed around with trying to have AI write a script for Black no, Mirror? What? And he said the script was shit. Is great. This is so awesome. Wow. So meta. I kind of so, want him to so just great. like put the script out and be like, you can read it, but this oh, is what. So, so bad. That's, that's actually, I, I mean, AI. that's perfect though for them to do. I feel like Black Mirror yeah. out of every, like they totally would do that. To mess around with but it. But I wonder if they are going to do a lot of, with like AI taking over in the next season. Well, I think they've done a couple episodes about that, but I mean, in terms of just casting too for this upcoming season. So Aaron Paul is in one of the episodes. Selma Hayek, I know, is another name attached. Uh, so is um, our favorite from uh, from um, Schitt's Creek, uh, Annie Murphy. Yeah, is in one of the episodes, yes. which is really cool. I love seeing uh, her pop up and stuff. Um, so I'm definitely excited for that. That drops uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. I know I'm in the uh, I'm the only one I feel like that's excited about this between the two of us, but I'm really yeah. excited for the flash. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
The reason I'm excited with the Flash, though, is is not the generic like, oh, I'm wearing a Marvel T-shirt, so obviously whatever. No. The drama behind... First of all, this movie has had probably 10 different directors attached to it. So, uh, I mean, Robert Zemeckis was attached to this at one point. Um, the directors that just did uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Um, and they did uh, Game Night. So, um, Andy Muschietti's directing, who did the It films. Um, and... I'm interested to see his take on this character, especially dealing with a lead that's very, very controversial right now with very. Ezra Miller because they're, I mean, they're not getting a lot of time. Like they showed up at the premiere. Uh, Warner Brothers said that was going to, that was going to happen. They're not doing any other press. So Ezra Miller's kind of been left out of the marketing and it's been driven heavily on Michael Keaton's Batman returning mm-hmm. uh, as well as Sasha Kaye's first um, appearance as Supergirl. But that's one that I'm just, I'm excited for it, but I'm way more curious uh in terms of how it's not only going to be as a film but again received for the the nerd in me too it's Mm -hmm. like how are they going to spin it where they're going to have to reset everything because that's what they're doing um so i'm interested in that but asteroid city i know is one that we've been talking about and i'm really excited so i think um i think i mean obviously wes anderson just always has huge casts and he gets heavy heater hitters too so i let me pull up the cast so i can mention a few people um tom hanks working with him for the first time which is super exciting super exciting but i'm surprised honestly a little bit because tom hanks just doesn't give me the vibe of a wes anderson film i can see that uh i think it's i I would rather see him take more risks like that at this point in his career yeah i mean he doesn't have anything to lose either i mean my favorite i think i might have talked about this on a previous pod before my favorite uh tom hanks performance actually is in road to perdition which have you ever seen that film no he plays a gangster in it and it's very 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 it's different not for him forrest gump no <laughs> it's not forrest gump um but <laughs> i hope he i hope he does well in this film because i'll be honest he ruined um elvis for me ruined yeah, he was really bad i wasn't a huge fan of him he i felt like he was in a different film okay so like that's my concern a little bit is i hope he, he doesn't stick out like a sore thumb yes okay because i feel like sometimes that does happen with a few actors in his in in anderson's films is if they don't fit into the style they can just kind of be like flailing that's a fair point. I, I hope that uh, all the uh, regulars that have come back to work with Wes for this kind of balance that out. I mean, Tilda is she she is oh, Tilda perfect. So but I mean, look, all, the, all these people in the cast. I'm just going to read the cast list of the go, people that yeah, have already ahead. definitely worked with Wes. So, I mean, Jason Schwartzman's one of the leads. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Adrian Brody, Edward Norton. These are all your usual suspects essentially uh yeah. mark margot robbie working with him for the first time interests me love it i um, love it maya hawk looks i i really really appreciate her as a young up-and-coming actress i'm excited to see her work with him steve carell his he first wes anderson yes. movie about so, time yeah that's gonna be why did we wait so long uh and then hong chow who uh was uh oscar nominated for the whale last year mm-hmm. i think she's fantastic so i'm very she's per- interested. i think she style wise will do really well in this film i agree i think she's meant for this type of vibe a little bit more nuanced um but i'm really excited for it i already have my ticket so you guys are not yet do i do you i need to check my app let me check my imdb app (laughs) well i want to jump into really quick elemental because pixar is in this really really interesting point in time right now right pixar was this gold standard of animation for a really long time yeah i still think they are but they've had like a really 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 cold streak Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of not only box office but in terms of reception of some of the things like uh pixar films to me were always like rush out to the theater and see it always i don't think i've seen a pixar film in a few years now um because either i wasn't interested or again maybe that buzz that comes out right away you're not as excited about and i have disney plus and i still haven't gone back to watch a lot of them i haven't seen Lightyear. I haven't seen Turning Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did appreciate Luca. I thought Luca was a really. I like Luca. Film. Did you see Soul? I love Soul. I do too. I love Soul. But again, I think like it's right after that is where they they've kind of hit this cold streak right now. And the original <clears throat> Rotten Tomato scores that came out for Elemental were actually really poor. And now I think it was just like a weighted thing. They're actually bumping up really? a lot. Do you know like why were they poor? I don't did know. I I don't know to be honest. Oh. I don't I don't know if it's something that it seems familiar to them like. I think the first time I heard about the premise, it reminded me a little bit of like the, again, that inside out, inside out. sort of like, they're not well, it's real. Just, el- like they're not like 
human being. They're just emotions. Now this, they're elements. But um, that's like a very cookie cutter way of looking at it because when you see the animation, it's a very different style. It seems like they're going for a different approach with it. So I'm I'm intrigued to see this. Yeah. Um, I think I, they just need to have a different story is what it is. You can have like the same kind of character types, um, which are like elements, feelings, but as long as the story's a little bit different, which I think it will be. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Definitely intrigued with that one. I mean, I think... I mean, people loved Inside Out, so I feel like as long as they make it their own, I feel like this film will do really well also. Yeah, I mean, now we're getting a sequel to Inside Out, which again, like, that's the thing I worry about. I don't <laughs> want them to rely so heavily on sequelitis that Disney is so accustomed to I doing. I know, like, separate yourself a little bit. Start bringing out new ideas because that's what people want to yeah. see. And I guess I'm a part of the problem because I haven't been seeing a lot of these original films, so that's on me. <laughs> and I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to make sure that I go inside and watch every single Pixar film that's come out in the last five years. You should. <laughs> Um, what a pass that would be. Um, so one that I don't really know anything about is Extraction Two. Why don't Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? <laughs> Let me inform you a little Please bit inform on me. Tyler Rake. Okay? Please tell me. Chris Hemsworth plays the special ops agent. Okay, love it already. Of course, totally <laughs> up your alley. No, so it's produced. It's produced by the Russo brothers. Who uh, again, they're like known for action. They they did the Big Avengers films. They did yep. the Captain America films. Um, and, um, they produced it. They have, uh, this director, Sam Hargrave, who I believe is a stuntman. Uh, so having him on board to direct this okay. definitely shows in the fight choreography and the action choreography, because to me, that's what kind of puts this film on a different level in terms yeah. of action movies coming out recently. Um, like there's not, it, there probably most likely is CGI in this, but you can't like, there's, there's a 17 minute one take shot in this. Interesting. Um, and they go above that in the second one that's coming out. Um, so I'm interested to see like them just constantly topping themselves. It reminds me a little bit of, I don't know, you probably haven't seen these films, but The Raid, mm. which is um, this uh, foreign like action franchise that is like remarkable in terms of their fight choreography and their violence and things like that. But Extraction uh, was a pleasant surprise for me. So I'm excited to see how Extraction 2 does, and that comes out on Friday as well, on the 16th. Is it kind of like Fast and Furious, where no. like all of a sudden, no, not storyline, but like where all of a sudden they're doing like impossible stunts that you're like, you would die. No, you I think would it's, die. it's not I as much die. about the stunt work. It's more about like, again, like the gun choreography oh, like, okay, it, and, okay. and the fight choreography. So like very hand-to-hand combat-esque. Again, like because he's a special ops agent, it's very like hand-to-hand combat very close got sort it of so that's stuff. kind of like the storyline is that he just does like special yeah he's trying things. so in the first film he's trying to rescue uh a kid um in uh, i believe it's mumbai uh who uh is the son of a um of a government uh guy in the united states so he's trying to rescue his son he gets kidnapped and uh, it's like this whole mission that he goes on and eventually he loses some of his teammates and he's trying to go about it okay. by himself so it's very interesting uh, the way that the first film ends it makes me very curious on how they're going to roll with the second one. Does it set it up at all or not really? <sighs> I think you don't have to spoiler. ruin it, but like, do you like when the first you... film ends and it seems like it's done. Okay. So okay. that's all I'll say. Um, well, he doesn't die. That's that. I don't know. I can't say. Wow. So they leave it. So you think he could have died. Yeah, it's possible. The trailers are out there. <laughs> so you guys go watch for yourself, but I'm excited for it because again, I, I like, I respect a really good action film. Mm-hmm. And when some of these other, like smorgasbord of like random stuff that comes mm-hmm. out on Netflix. I mean, I'm not a maybe I'll watch like that, it. Maybe I won't. Maybe you probably won't. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't know. I guess it depends on you know what I can appreciate is when an action film, the second one does just as well as the first one because that means then it surprised the audience. Exactly. I think it's hard for a second film that's based on action to like surprise everybody because then it just turns into like, we got to top the action that we did in the first film. Mm -hmm. And that's what becomes, they're not relying on the story. No, they're not relying on character. Sometimes they'll throw in a little romance just to like spice it up, which they don't do in extraction. I really appreciate it. Do they? Okay. So I'm going to watch it now because I want to, I appreciate that. It's very much about the mission, which I I appreciate. It's always just like, I got to save the person that I love. And it's like, it's not that, not that uh, kind of action movie. Uh, but so the first film has a big cameo uh, that comes out of nowhere. This film already revealed in uh, an image that Idris Elba is going to be in it too, oh. which is super interesting. I mean, he's my pick to be James Bond eventually. Nice. Um, I think he's awesome. So <clears throat> I'm definitely excited to see that. Um, 
And that's pretty much all that's coming out this week. Uh, I mean, there's always so much content. There's definitely more stuff, but those are the big projects we wanted to touch on. So now we're going to go into this transitional uh, <laughs> moment where we're going to talk to you guys about the Idol episode two. And the reason we're doing this is because Liz and I have given up. All right. Yeah, I can't do it anymore, everyone. I'm sorry. I wanted to make it to like the third, maybe even throughout the whole season, just so I could give my opinion on it. I'm tapping out, though. I don't think it's going to get better. Okay. No. We'll talk about the second episode right now for a little bit. Yeah. And then I will I will uh stick with it to, you know, try to see if it gets better. I'll write some reviews. But in terms of us covering it on the channel, we're not going to talk about it more cuz we don't think we have different opinions than what we've already talked about in the first episode that we put out on um the premiere episode. So, we'll talk a little bit about it now, but if you have any thoughts or want to hear our thoughts, Darian's going to write about it. Yeah. But definitely let us know in the comments if you are interested in the conversation and, and we'll see we where could, we could Maybe we can, maybe if you feel like it has a big turn, mm -hmm. then I can. We'll jump back in. We'll jump back in. But let's just cover this episode for a little bit because I think we both came at this from a perspective where uh, we both weren't fans of the first episode and there were barely any redeeming qualities. Yes, very minimum. Um, but this episode, at least in terms of, I don't want to speak for you, but in my opinion, I felt that the first 20 minutes of this episode actually did a much better job of putting us in a scenario, which was Jocelyn's music video. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, like raising that tension because of what was happening and you're actually finding things out about what her character did to other people, yeah. which I appreciated. And I thought, again, the ensemble cast when they're given enough to do is, is really showcased pretty heavily and, and well in this Hank Azaria, I thought was great. Um, I think her name is Jane Adams that plays Nikki, her, um, the head of the label. Yes. Uh, I thought that uh choice of on is doing a pretty good job, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's a moment that happens and we talked about this off camera, but there's a moment that happens where it's just like this weird quick cut to something that has nothing to do with what's right. Happening. That's what I, it's bizarre. The, so all of a sudden it cuts to the weekend's character off screen, completely in a different um, space, doing like some cult sexual adventure thing. I don't really know how to. I don't. I don't really know how to describe it. It's a manipulative it. cultish act on someone that you think he has a close personal relationship with, and not only is it very jarring how mm -hmm. quick the cut is. But it has nothing to do with the story. No. And it's just meant to make you feel uncomfortable. And I think what he was going for, the editor, whoever, I mean, I'm sure Abel was in the room. Um, but it's a situation where, again, uh, Jocelyn's dealing with this pain mm -hmm. and she's trying to push herself through it. And it cuts to a literal painful moment of uh, an associate of Tedros. Yeah, so, which it 